Hello, everybody, and welcome to Mom of the Hard Kid. Today, we're going to be talking about stress. The stress that we all understand and know in everyday life, and then that added layer of raising a hard kid. So stress is definitely something that I understand. (laughs) It's also one of those things that's incredibly complex and you can't really wrap your whole head around it. And I just want to say I am speaking to you as a mom, just me, just as if we sat down on a park bench and had a conversation. I am not speaking to you with any kind of authority or any kind of knowledge that is like incredible. I'm just speaking to you from my experience. So When I had my daughter come into my family, I was already a pretty high stress person. We adopted her, call like five years ago now. I was already a stressed out person. I just have like this personality that sort of internalizes a lot of things. And if I don't get it out, I wear it. But also, I take a lot of emotions very personally and just wear a lot of of my stress in my body. My husband's one of those people where if something stresses him out, he can just like have a moment where he thinks about it and then it just goes away. (laughs) I'm not one of those people. I have to talk about it. I have to work through it or else I hold it internally and it's terrible for me. So I get this kid. She is beautiful as can be, but she is awful. And over time, it took an absolute toll on my body. I went from being able to kind of process most things to to having life be more than I could handle. And it took a really interesting physical toll. So first, I'm going to kind of give you the basic outline that the American Psychological Association talks about how stress affects your health. That was affects your health. Um, and it says on the American, the APA.org website, that it can give you physical and mental health problems. It can give you anxiety and depression, digestive issues, headaches, muscle tension and pain, heart disease, heart attack, high blood pressure, stroke, sleep problems, weight gain, and memory and concentration impairment. Yeah, (laughs) I haven't had a heart attack. But there have been times where I'm like, I swear that is the next step. I haven't had a stroke. But I've been like, I'm so stressed from every moment of this day, that I am so surprised I haven't had a stroke. It's there's so much that goes into raising an incredibly defiant, incredibly malicious child, who, of course, I'm going to also say isn't intentionally any of those things. This is just because of the situation she had with her birth parents, with the alcohol, the drugs and the neglect. It just put her in a place where so the stress is me, but the stress is also her, where she has the anxiety, anxiety, and she has the depression, and she has the mental health issues, as well as the physical health issues, that the two of us ended up being incredibly stressed individuals. And I tend to focus a lot on the parents, because this is a parenting podcast. But don't forget that your child, especially if they came from a place of drugs and alcohol and neglect, is also feeling all of those things, because there's a very good chance that your child doesn't know how to process stress, just like there's a very good chance that you as a grown up don't know how to process stress. 
So I'm going to give you a little bit of an outline of what stress did to me. And then I'm going to talk to you about what I did. So some of the symptoms that I had, I've talked about before where I had a complete like meltdown, like I was in my kitchen and all of a sudden my arms aren't moving. And then I lose the ability to move my legs and I'm just laying on the floor, just yelling at my children to call their dad. I could still talk, which was lovely, but I couldn't move my body. I'd gone into some sort of short-term paralysis because of my stage four adrenal fatigue. And this had shown up in panics at night where I would just wake up panicky and I would wake up like 12 times a night. And I just couldn't, I couldn't process because not only was I having an incredibly stressful day, but then I was starting to be afraid of nighttime because I would have these full on panics that ended up being having something to do with my adrenal glands and having them um, sputtering in their function. And and so I wasn't recovering at night either. And it was such a hard time for me. And they do say that your recovery, so I went into the hospital, so I'm in the ER, because all of a sudden I can't move. And I'm in the ER and they're telling me that everything's fine. And they test my adrenals, but the adrenal test didn't come back for a couple of days. So I have no answers. I've got nothing. I'm just sitting there thinking how stupid I am. I'm being so angry because now my arms are moving. Like my head and my face is still tingling, but you know, my arms are still moving now and I can walk now. So I feel like the biggest dummy for even going in. And then I find out, a couple days later that my adrenal glands are messed up and they're wrong. And I have these other issues at play. Well, the funny thing about not taking care of yourself, and this is why everyone's like self-care, self-care, self-care. <laughs> I hate the word self-care. But you do need to take care of yourself. Because if you get to this point, the re- average recovery is a year. And the doctor's like, hey, you need to calm down and take it easy for like a year. And I was just like, "Ah," you know, laughing like that crazy person in the loony bin. And I'm like, "I, I, how? Like, I'm just living my life. Like, I'm just taking care of my child. And they're like, you're going to have to get rid of some stressful things. And I thought, I will go to jail. Because if I stick my kid in a box outside with a little free sign, then I'm going to get in trouble. (laughs) I'm like, I have nothing more to give. I have nothing I can do. And so the way that it showed up for us, much to my children's chagrin, is I quit making breakfast. And my kids were just going to have to deal with cereal. I quit making breakfast. So, you know, there was a time when I was really good where I say, hey, on Monday, this is for breakfast. On Tuesday, this is for breakfast. On Wednesday, this is for breakfast. And then I made sure those things were available for them But sometimes it is cereal every day of this week. It is toast. It is something simple and you're going to get food, but I can't be part of the crazy stressful morning. And I know you guys probably know what I'm talking about (laughs) when you're trying to get them out the door and such and such is hiding under the table and somebody else isn't putting their pants on and somebody else only has one shoe, even though you know they have multiple pairs of shoes, for some reason, something ate all of their shoes except for this one left shoe. And and it became a thing where I was said, I'm so sorry, you guys are going to have to figure this out. 
Now, this timed out fairly closely to when the pandemic hit. So it wasn't when we then we all kind of stayed home for quite a while. So in a way, you could say that was very lucky timing. (laughs) It didn't feel lucky. It was probably like six months before that hit. But once that did hit, it made everything just a little bit easier. But I had to really shift the way that I parented. And it wasn't in a direction I was proud of. I wasn't proud to say that my kids had to make their own breakfast. That didn't make me proud. I wasn't proud to say I got all the ingredients for their lunch and they're the ones that had to put it together. I, that didn't make me proud. But my kids adapted. They were very capable and now they are, you know, unafraid to make their own lunch. Like it's, it isn't a skill set. I realized that I hadn't been teaching them, but now now they have it and they're fine. And now that my child's in school, I am able to make up some of those things that I didn't. And, you know, I make a big giant batch of waffles and I make a big giant batch of muffins and and I'm able to do those things I wasn't. But it took a long time before I could get to that point. So you might be doing the math and saying, hey, that's more than a year. And I will say, yeah, it took more than a year for sure. It probably took about six months of you know, being really cautious before I quit waking up at nighttime in a panic. So it took time. But one of the things that I did, and again, this is not advice. This is just information. Is I had to get on so many multivitamins and medications. <laughs> so one day, and I am now home from the hospital for several, like a couple months, And I'm sitting there at my dining room table and I'm watching this TV show, like a YouTube clip. I wasn't doing anything. And all of a sudden my heart starts going crazy. And I'm like, that's it. It's happened. I'm dying. She's killed me. It just ran out. The time is done. I'm, I'm dying. And so I am scared. And I'm telling my husband, and my husband is like, you're probably okay. And I'm like, I'm not okay. I don't know what's going on. I'm not okay. And he's like, well, let's take you to the Instacare. And I was like, all right, I will go to the Instacare. I didn't actually want to, I just kind of wanted to fall asleep and see what happened. It was kind of not a great time. But I went to the Instacare. And the doctor was said, you're having a panic attack. And I'm like, I've had a panic attack before. This isn't a panic attack. And I not had many, but I've had one before. And I'm I'm like, this one feels like a heart attack. And she's like, yeah, it's a panic attack. She's like, we've checked your heart. Your heart is fine. You are having a panic attack. And I was like, I wasn't doing anything. I wasn't doing anything. I was watching a YouTube video. And she was like, it doesn't matter when your body runs out of the hormone it needs to regulate itself then it can't regulate itself. So you had used up the last of what you needed at that point, and then it's over. And a lot of times that can happen when you're in a panicked mode. But for me, there was nothing left. I had nothing. And she goes, I need you to take this medication. And I was like, I will not take that. No. And she goes, well, I need you to take that medication. And I was like, I won't, I won't do it. And I was like, what can I take? What can I do? What kind of vitamins are there? And I just 
didn't want to. And she looks at me and she's like, why? And I just burst into tears. And I was like, because that means I failed. I didn't do it. I mean, if you knew where I lived and you knew the people I lived around, there are a lot of people who are incredibly critical of people who get on these medications. And so I was like, oh my gosh, no. And it's not the people that you think it's going to be. It's the people who are critical of the of people like me. And so they're really, I was like, I, I never wanted to be that person. And now here I am, I am that person. And I just cried. I just cried. And, and she's like, do you need you need this. So I said, Okay. And I took that medication and I went home with the prescription. And I was on medication and I needed it. And I didn't realize that I had needed this medication because I thought this medication was for something else. I thought when you went on an anti-anxiety or anti-depression medication, that it was because you were super sad about something. But it turns out it's because when you're super stressed, your body munches on those relaxation hormones and that just eats it back up. And so I got on this medication that stopped my body from eating it back up when I was stressed. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> but you know what? It wasn't enough. So I kept looking and I found some really interesting things that were very beneficial to me. And again, not going to recommend them, but I am going to tell you about them. So one of the first things I got on was ashwagandha. Great. I am okay with ashwagandha. I don't like to take it more than like twice a week, but it was really beneficial for my mood. One of my biggest game changers was my ginkgo biloba. Oh my word. <laughs> if I could take that one, I was I was okay the next day as long as I paired it with some of my biggest problems. So I went to a doctor and I got my vitamins taken, um, my levels take checked, and I found out that I had almost no vitamin B12 and I had almost no vitamin D. So I started taking a decently high dose, which was approved by my doctor, of vitamin B12 and vitamin D. And I also started taking a biotin because your vitamin D, your I'm sorry, blah, your vitamin B likes to have another vitamin B in order for it to absorb into your body better. So I started taking biotin for that. Life changing. Between these few things, my life shifted entirely. I could make it the next day. I could make it through the day. And I remember I was talking to one of my friends and she was like, I don't know what to do. You know, life's really stressful. And I was like, if I do not take my vitamins, I do not make it through this the next day. Just to be able to get to a point where I didn't feel like I was, I couldn't move. I couldn't take those next steps. I had to take these vitamins and I had to take one called, um, it's like a stress relief vitamin. That's what it's called. And it's got like l theanine. Oh my gosh, I don't want to say this and GABA in it. And that was really beneficial. Magnesium was good for me. Um, I also started taking a turmeric and ginger blend. I and a multivitamin and my multivitamin was more bioavailable. 
It was like anything I could do to make it an easier process for my body to, to take it in. I did because I was just, it sounds so stupid to say I was just trying to survive. And it sounds even stupider to say because my four-year-old was too hard. <laughs> but my child was the kind of hard I didn't know how to deal with. I was brought to face things and challenges with her that I would never have seen coming. And it was hard and my body couldn't compensate. So I think a lot of times when, you know, clinicians say, you know, to practice self-care, I think what they're really saying is take care of yourself. Take a walk. One of the things I did is I can't leave my child. She can't be left without somebody watching her at that point. And what I mean is even my children. She has to have an adult presence in the house. So I just started walking in circles around my house. I would put earphones in and I would just like jam out to my songs and just walk around for like 10 minutes because I had to stop with the input that she was giving me and give myself a break from that input with something that made me, I would say happy or at least not mad, but happy because I had to get away from the stress and I couldn't stick her in that box with the free sign on it. So that is what I had to do. I invested in some earplugs, some industrial earplugs and wore those when she was screaming. I had to do, and then you know what the biggest thing was? Is I quit caring. Now, this is not like ideal advice or anything, but I couldn't care about all of the things that I had cared about before. And I just had to let life pass me by. And I know that doesn't, that sounds terrible, doesn't it? Like when I hear it come out loud, it sounds terrible, but when I let it happen, it helped me. I could go through the day and my kids would be like this absolute chaos. And I was just like, I don't even have the bandwidth to care about this. So I'm not going to care about this. And I was really selective about the things that mattered to me. And I would say, I want my child to feel like I care about them. So this is how I'm going to offer that. I can't give any more than that. So I'm not going to. But I mean, it really is critical not to ignore your kids. I don't want you to get that out of this discussion. I just want you to hear that it's okay that your priorities shift and it's okay that you let go of the things that had been so important to you before. I remember when my kids were little, they were going to be the president of the United States or an astronaut or things like that. And when I hit this really hard part of my life, I realized I couldn't give them everything I wanted to, but I could give them as much as I possibly could. And I didn't need it to be more than that. And they were okay and they were fine and they're going to be good human beings and I'm proud of who they are, but it didn't have to be perfect. It didn't have to be more than the basic part. Because what it was like is it was like when I had to put them in charge of their own breakfast. 
And they ended up learning a skill set that I didn't even realize they didn't know, but also I didn't realize was going to be so critical in life that that there's kids out there that they leave the house and they don't know how to make food for themselves and they don't know how to, you know, deal with things because their parents always dealt with everything and that my kids were going to be okay. I mean, I, I, again, I caution about neglect. Please don't neglect your children. It's terrible. But allowing them to have situations where things are not ideal is okay. And I really had to change my whole perspective of that because I had no more left to give. I really am proud of my kids, all of my kids. My kids have become these older children who are just so impressive to me. I think the older three that had to deal with a mom who used to be really present and then had to retreat for a while where I was available, but I wasn't, you know, as on top of it. We didn't get to go do as many things. We couldn't go to the park as often. I wasn't making those breakfasts, you know, all the things that I thought were going to make me a really good mom. And they, they still liked me, which was nice, but I was still able to provide something for them. And now that my daughter's in school and I do have more bandwidth, I, I let them in. They're the ones that get my extra bandwidth. And I just, I think that they've come a long way. I'm so proud of them. I'm proud of my little lady who is very hard. She has overcome some serious challenges and I'm very proud of her. And I'm proud of my other children for how they've handled her and how they've dealt with these difficult experiences. It's very impressive. And I really hope that when they are older, it's a character building situation instead of a character crushing one. But give yourself a little slack. Your parents were not perfect. You're not going to be perfect. And your kids are more resilient than you think. But there are some really simple ways to help relieve that stress and don't self-care, but do take care of yourself. Thanks for joining.